Hello and welcome back to another very special episode of the PAL podcast. I am your host, Hannah Bowers, singer, songwriter, and coach for creatives. And it's been a minute since the last episode we had with my good friend, Andrew Barrick, talking about being an independent artist and finding success and purpose and community. It was a good episode. It kicked us off for season two, and we will be continuing that with interviewing actually another independent artist. I do want to have a variety of guests on this show that do different art than music, but because I am a musician, I tend to know a little bit more of the musicians and the artists and the songwriters. So they're all good people and they all have good wisdom that can be applied to you in your life, whether you are an independent artist or musician or nothing to do with that at all. I myself have been very busy at creating more YouTube videos, which I got into at the start of the year and working on some new music actually for my own artist project, which is uh, sounding very good. And I don't really want to say much more than that other than I'm excited for it. Um, I'm developing some other projects for PAL as well. So I've been very busy, a lot of creative things going on, but I am very excited to be able to share a new episode with you all today with an incredibly inspiring friend of mine named X Ari. X Ari is a female Greek, Jewish, Canadian, queer, alt pop singer, songwriter, mental health advocate, public speaker, and founder of a nonprofit called Wisdomania Foundation. She is from Toronto and now living in LA, where I met her a few years ago in a co writing session where we churned out some super catchy pop songs together and became good friends because we both love songwriting and singing and music, and mental health is a huge component of what we both do and feel that our purpose is. So it was really awesome to be able to sit down, have a one-on-one conversation where we dig into all of those topics. Her life motto, which we talk a lot about in this episode, is about turning pain into power through art and self-care. Her story and how she developed that motto and has put it into practice in such a major way, um, she shares that story on the show today. And I don't want to overuse the word, but it is probably the most fitting that I can think of, but it's just all so incredibly inspiring. Her story is amazing. And I think it can positively influence all of you in a great way. Her nonprofit, Wisdomania Foundation, brings the arts and self-care experiences to schools and communities, and they create events. They have some iconic partners that you may have heard of, including MTV, Spotify, Ikea, Music Airs, NAMI, aka the National Alliance of Mental Illness and the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, One Mind, She is the Music, To Write Love on Her Arms. Do you know all these things? Because I do. And it's a long and very impressive list. And she is hosting an event with the Wisdomania Foundation called Wisdomania Fest that's happening very soon on Sunday, May 21st. She is offering PAL podcast listeners a discount on the tickets, which are already not very expensive. So go get a sweet deal and spend the day immersed in art and creativity and music and most importantly self-care learn some more self-care tools or just bask in some self-care practices I will definitely be there. So if you're in LA, come hang out with us. You can head to wisdomaniafoundation.com or I will put a more direct link in the show notes if you want to just click that. To get 25% off, use the code PAL, P-A-L, 
simple as that and get 25% off those tickets. Come hang out with me, take care of yourselves and have an amazing day. But I don't want to keep you from this amazing conversation anymore. So without further ado, please enjoy this very inspiring conversation with XRE. You ready to drop in? Let's drop. How are you feeling in this very moment? Really? Good. Just like, feel like I'm spinning a few different plates or watering a couple gardens, whatever metaphor it helps. And I just feel like something is blossoming in every area and I'm just so blessed to have a few different things to suit my ADHD since I can't focus on one thing. (laughs) Yes. That are just like combine my passions and creativity and purpose. And so I just feel a lot of gratitude in this moment. That's really beautiful. And I I mean, I usually like to set up these conversations with a little bit of context, but I kind of want to ask something about that, like right away, is I think that that's really cool that you have found peace in your urge, desire, need to like create multiple things. And I, because I know some people really struggle with that and they feel bad that they can't put all their energy into one place Mm -hmm. you know so how do you spin all these different plates or water all of these different plants and was it always easy for you to just feel good about that or were there times where it was like ah there's like so much going on or I don't have enough time for this or like how do you get to a place where you're like I'm doing a million different things and it's awesome such a great question I feel like it could be so long-winded but I'm going to put it in one simple answer and then expand a little so i'd say first and foremost refined time management so i've gotten really good at time management and to answer your question about was it always this easy to spin multiple things at once and the answer is absolutely no um before i was diagnosed with adhd i would take on multiple projects and they'd all kind of like fizzle or be unfinished i wouldn't really succeed at anything i'd and get bored with something, give up on it, move on to something new and not take things to completion. Then when I got diagnosed and was prescribed Vyvanse, mm-hmm. I got on Vyvanse and like my whole life organized. Everything I was working on made sense. I was able to finish tasks, stay focused. Later on in life, I had to get off Vyvanse because uh, I live with bipolar one and Vyvanse can trigger mania. So I no longer take it. But in that time, I feel like I rewired my brain and developed certain habits that I carry on today Mm. with time management. So really like my schedule, if I was to show you my calendar, it's color coded. I spend the first couple hours of the day working on my day job. Throughout the day, I have meetings for my nonprofit. I have a time in the day where I do catch up work and catch up on different areas. I have three different email tabs open at all time that I'm refreshing and in like responding quickly as possible to each different thing I'm working on. And then in the afternoons, I do writing sessions. Yeah. So some days I have a 10 hour day, some days I have an eight hour day, some days I take the afternoon off and just relax. I'm not a drill sergeant. I'm not like... Um, need to go 12 hours to feel accomplished eight hours is just enough sometimes less is fine too but at at the end of the day time management yeah I mean just you saying those specific examples I'm like your time management is so on lock like probably top one percent of like all the people that I've spoken to about their time management um, and administrative life skills were you taught those skills and tips and tricks or were like was that related to your prescription like was your psychiatrist like here's some other things that you can integrate 
in addition to taking the medication? Like, where did you get all of those skills? So I'd say it goes back to childhood. My mom was really strict and regimented with our schedule. And I was a competitive athlete growing up. I was a figure skater. And on competition days, we'd have everything from like 6 a.m. wake up, 6.05, brush your teeth and brush your hair, 6.10, take a shower, 6.15, pack your skate. Like literally- A little more drill sergeant. Like, five. like f- every five minutes to 15 minutes, there were intervals of like everything I needed to do. And I also got like little rewards when I was younger for like following routines and stuff. And mm. I think so. I just also my mom is a very successful businesswoman and she's very on top of her schedule. And I've always been inspired by her diligence and timeliness and like just organizing her day. And so I think I've really tapped into that influence. Also, one of my psychiatrists once told me like, you have to schedule in downtime. So I'll even schedule in like time for a walk or schedule in meditation or schedule in friend time or time with my partner or even just like chill and watch TV and like put it in my calendar um, to like make sure I'm taking time for myself too. It's so important. You can't just be go, go, go. Also, if I was go, 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 which I don't want to be, I would be like opposite of what I'm preaching and I'm, I'm all about balance. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people too, they, they, I think turn off completely when it comes to like relaxation time, like certain people need certain levels of structure in their life. And even if you add structure to your relaxation, it allows you to relax more if that's what you need. So if you're that kind of person where you're like, yeah, I really benefit from structure, it's really freeing to put that time into your calendar. Whereas some people might be like, well, I put structure into my work life because work life and structure go hand in hand. But it's also like relaxation and structure can go hand in hand too. For sure. Well, if you don't make time for it and you're not deliberate about carving out that space, it might not happen. Right. Definitely. Okay, now that I have asked that whole question, getting into a very specific area of your life, I want to introduce the listeners to who you are in your own words. I'm going to ask you a question that I ask to everybody at the beginning of the podcast or at a PAL event. Um, There's no right or wrong way to answer this question. It's up to you how you feel answering it in this moment. It's a three-parter. Who are you? What do you do? And why do you do it? Okay. Who am I? My name is Aksari. I am a female queer artist, singer, songwriter, mental health advocate, public speaker, and founder of Wisdomania Foundation, a mental health and arts nonprofit that brings meaningful experiences to LA. Um, Me as a person, I believe in loyalty, honesty, love, joy, and positivity. Um, I'd say I'm not just all about my job or my physical appearance or, you know, identities in society. It's definitely at the end of the day, I'm always choosing love and finding meaning and purpose in day-to-day activities. Um, And then what I do is I'm a mortgage agent. I make music. I am the founder of Wisdom Mania Foundation. And um, I also am starting to get into real estate. And what was the third? Why do you do it? Why do I do it? So uh, music I do because I have to. I tried to avoid it a few times because the industry can be a dirty place full of filthy animals. But um, my heart's just in music. So I have to do music. It's like a necessity. It's like eating food. I need to make music. I need to ingest, digest, eject music. Um, So that's why I do that. It feeds my soul. Also, it helps me, I think, process pain and channel 
pain into power, which is my life motto, meaning making perceived weaknesses your superpower, which anybody could do through any art form or any medium. And then why I do mental health advocacy and public speaking on mental health in the nonprofit is because I live with a few different mental health conditions and it gives me a lot of meaning knowing that I can use my challenges and burdens as blessings to help other people and inspire hope and healing in others and hold space for others and just be hopefully a beacon of light for other people who like me once felt alone and like their world was over and let people know that they can have a beautiful, fulfilling and meaningful life despite mental health diagnoses. And then the mortgages and the real estate, like I can't lie, it's, that's about money. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it is real. Eat. <laughs> yeah. We live on earth. <laughs> we live in America. Yeah. Um, very inspiring answer. That that answer alone is a beacon of light itself. You know, it's like it's you are so purposeful in all that you do. Thank and, you. and so intentional. I see that kind of alignment with your time management. Like it makes sense because you have such a clear vision and such a clear purpose that you would be able to clearly map out the things that you want to do with your day or that you have to do with your day. Um, I want to ask you so much about all of those things that you just listed. Um, but I want to start off with music first, because that's the context in which we met one another um, in a writing room, writing songs for sync together. A mm-hmm. um, couple of times, I think we worked on maybe a couple of different songs. Uh, and you also mentioned this part of the music industry feeling kind of slimy and gross. And I want to know where you're at now what is your relationship to the music industry like and how maybe have you adapted your life and your music career and your musicianship to to deal with that for sure so I think I I was in my first band when I was 11 and then it evolved into a pop group when I was 13 and we were touring we had an album we got some radio play we got signed to CAA so that was like my beginnings in it and um, that's where I first got the impression it was a dirty industry because mm-hmm. I was 15 um, and being fed alcohol and drugs wow. and just like really in a bad place, you know, really young and like having, being depressed, not like no one helping me with that or like knowing what to do. And so when I was a teenager, I realized, wow, this is like pretty messed up. And I could see myself going down like the road of like drug addict probably, Wow, yeah, you know, and so I stepped aside from it. Um, but now I guess it's like, I think of the industry of like, oh, it's all about optics and numbers. Like if you want to make it and get signed, you need to be a TikTok star with a million TikTok fans or whatever. And just like, you know, I think not that long ago, someone said to me, oh, I have an exec interested in you. They want to know your age and your TikTok following. And I was like, have they even heard my music? Mm -hmm. Like they didn't even care about the music. So I feel like that part is still shady to me. There's still like this part where like business and numbers seems to outweigh development and craft. And that's disappointing. For sure. But I'm also at an age where I'm not like influenced by other people feeding me drugs or shots or like I'm, I'm, I don't know what to say sober because I smoke weed once in a while. I'd have a glass of wine once in a while, but I don't like overindulge and ever get wasted. And um, I'm at the age where I don't feel like I'd ever feel that pressure. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I don't see it sliming that sense anymore. Although I know there are definitely groups of people you can get involved in and sessions I've been to where I've seen producers like snorting Adderall or taking Molly or like have liquid, um, you know, liquid acid like in the session, Mm -hmm. you know, so like it depends on who you're riding with, I guess. 
But uh, I guess my stance is now, like, how have I carved out for myself? Like, writing things that matter, um, putting my advocacy with mental health right up top with my men- with music and, like, releasing EPs in topical months, like the Mental Health Month or World Mental Health Day. And just, like, having things have meaning and, like, aligning them with the cause closest to my heart makes it feel authentic and true to me. So does that, I don't want to assume, like, just to clarify, it sounds like creating meaningful music is what matters most to you. How would you define for you, because it's different for everybody, what does it mean for you to be a successful musician or to be successful in music? That's such a great question. And I feel like it really varies from person to person. Right. I'd say like the old me would be like winning a Grammy. I've made it, right? Yeah. Or number one on the radio, yeah. right? But I've come to terms with that success for me is two parts. One, it's creative success where I'm creating an idea in my head um, in an MP3 or an MOV file as a music video and seeing a vision come into reality, that is one form of success. And then another form of success monetarily would be making enough money to have a comfortable living. So if I could like make $150,000 a year off music, I'd be like, that's success. I was listening to your music all the way over here <laughs> because I, since I've met you three, four years ago, I have heard all the music that you've put out since then, you know, um, I was like, what, what, what is the history though? What is your, what is your whole catalog? And then I went in there and I was like, you have a giant catalog. Like you've released so many songs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like over 30 something. Over 30 songs? Yeah. It, it felt like even more than that. Maybe but more, maybe close to 40 now. Because you have, you, you're always releasing EPs, you know, and maybe albums too. EPs, yeah. A lot of EPs from what I've seen and what I, I was listening to on the way over here, you're like, you're incredibly prolific. Thank you. Yeah. And then you were also just telling me that you're, you know, I don't know if it's a secret, but like you're working on new music. How do you like manage your, I don't know the the like noun of it but like your prolificness like how do you decide what songs you're gonna finish what songs you're gonna commit to when is it an ep how do you select the songs that go on that like what's your process for managing that for sure so i'd say my typical process over the last few years has been writing 20 to 30 songs for an ep cycle and then sitting with those songs and picking like the top 10 and then sending a SoundCloud link to people I trust and saying, what are your top four to six? Because like, yeah, sometimes I release a six song EP, sometimes it's a four song EP. I think this year will be a four song. Um, and I just say like, vote on your favorites. And then I just kind of look at the results and go with what they say. <laughs> okay, so you leave it up to the people. Yeah, I'd say I finish almost every song I start, unless wow. it's just me at home, like tinkering around on the keyboard and like coming up with a verse. Yeah. Every song I bring to a session gets finished. Totally. And then in that sense, um, every type of artist is different. What kind of artist are you in the terms of like all the different hats that you wear? Like, oh, I'm 50% songwriter and like 40% like visionary and like 10% engineer. Like what a performer, like producer, like what 
are the biggest pieces of the kind of artist that you are? If that question, I don't want that question to feel like limiting or like that you have to put yourself. So much sense. Like singer, three parts, singer, songwriter, top liner, whatever you want to call it and performer. Okay. I'm not any good with production. I tried (laughs) and I just have zero interest and I have a history of failing at anything I'm not interested in. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that might be a gift from the universe. (laughs) Don't even waste your energy. (laughs) Really though. Because I feel like, if I wanted to get good enough, like I'd be at the level of the producers that I pay who yeah. deserve the money, yeah. it would take me 10 years and I don't want to be yeah. like 45 when I release my first production. I don't care. I'd rather pay someone who's put in that time. I just want to focus on lyrics and melody. Gotcha. Like I, who's, I'm not going to fool anybody. And you hear, I mean, your, your songs are so strong all the way around. Like your vocals are amazing. Your melodies are amazing. The production is amazing. The sound quality of it, like it's all very amazing. But I will say I definitely, it stands out that you are like a top line artist. Like your melodies are just so catchy. I can like, I can tell that that's where like the heart of it like comes from for you. Yeah. I'd say like songwriter first. Like I think I've put the most energy into songwriting over vocals and live performance. Yeah. And then your your producers are amazing too. Do you have a set of go-to producers that you use? If so, like how did you find the right people to work with? How do you know when like a producer is right for you? So I've worked with so many producers and sometimes I focus on one with one producer on one EP. Other times I write with, you know, 15 different producers and pick one song like the whole EP is done by a different each track has a different producer so it depends um recently I wanted to expand my collaboration so I reached out online to like a bunch of people and someone was like come over I'm not a yeah I'm not a producer but a mixer I'll introduce Mm. you to people and he did like 12 introductions to producers wow and then I just set up sessions with whatever one of them was down and then from there I've narrowed down two that I really like working with, but I've worked with a, maybe about five or six of them a couple times. And then I think there's this EP is probably just going to be two producers because they've kind mm-hmm. of like tapped into the sound. Yeah. I think I wrote 12 songs before I found the vision of the EP. Yeah. So now that I know what that is and it's like a St. Vincent meets LCD sound system meets Prince kind of vibe. It has like an 80s feel, very alt pop electronic. Yeah. Yeah, which is definitely your sound. And for everybody listening to this, you can even pause the podcast now to go listen to XRE and come back to it later. And if that if you want to have more context and listening or just listen to the music after done listening to the podcast. But um, like I said, very prolific. You've got a huge catalog. You got a lot of options um, for people to listen to Um, for maybe any advice for young artists that are looking for a producer I feel like there I I've personally have encountered a lot of like slimy producers in my life and I think it's really easy to talk the talk quote unquote and maybe what are some things to look for that are like actually impressive in a producer mm-hmm. versus what's something that like actually doesn't really mean anything mm-hmm. okay so I'd say first of all ask your network of people that you already work with or people that you Uh, enjoy listening to so if you like have a few friends and they're making music and you like the work that they're making ask them like who's a producer would you mind connecting me with them have you had a good experience with this person if you're going to find someone online 
and you don't know them and you get a, you're not sure what you think about them, their characteristics, or you're nervous to meet in person, ask them for their catalog and then find those artists, reach out on Instagram and say, Hey, I see so-and-so produced your track mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. I might want to set up a session with them. What was your experience like? Ask maybe three people who've worked with them. And if they all give you back a raving review, like 10 out of 10, he was incredible. Highly recommend go to them. But um, I'd also say like, if you're new and you, you're showing up at like a producer's house and you've never been there before and you're by yourself, like share your location, mm-hmm. tell your friends where you're going. Like there's all weirdos live everywhere mm-hmm. and you never know. So it's always good to do a little research, but I'd say introductions are the best way. And then to deciding on the vibe you want is always get the producer to send you like their favorite tracks that they're currently working on or have released to see that they have a release history and that they have like a current catalog of active productions rather than somebody who maybe hasn't worked in 10 years right. and doesn't have any releases. You want to see that this person is landing releases that other people are putting out consistently. Okay. Amazing. Great advice. Hope that's helpful for anybody listening. Um, to kind of transition, you know, you've, you've built this whole music career that you've been doing since what you said you were 11. And I'm sure you were playing music, you know, like your whole life, like before that. I think we've even talked about like writing songs when you're like so little. <laughs> I think I wrote my first song when I was like 14. Oh, okay. But I, yeah, I got more like into poetry when I was 14, started songwriting yeah. 14, 15. And then it wasn't until I was like 20 five that I really got into songwriting. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, And then you were so immersed in the music world for such a long time. And now you founded a whole nonprofit. At what point did you expand your mind of these possibilities, career possibilities that you could have for yourself um, that went beyond music and was that something that was tricky for you or was it just very clear and obvious like oh I have to do this great question so in 2016 I suffered like a severe mental health crisis that ended up in me being hospitalized for a few weeks and in that experience I felt like my life is over no one's gonna love me no one's going to want to work with me I may as well just give up and die like being hospitalized means like I am unreliable or like a piece of shit and should just give up on everything. And then I had an epiphany where I found pain into power and I realized actually if I, instead of being a coward, I decide to have courage and speak candidly and openly about mental illness. Maybe I can do that through my music. Maybe I can help other people and write about it in my art. Maybe it could be like my talking points, the purpose of what I'm doing. And from there, I developed a self-care merch line where I created pain into power, self-reflection journals, relaxation candles, amethyst bracelets. And I I started my pain into power campaign. I created a short film about mental illness and my music was the score or the soundtrack. And um, I uh, did my EP release party a year later with NAMI. And then I started training and speaking at schools and I started talking about my lived experience at schools. And so all that kind of happened because I decided like I can either give up because of mental illness or I can like lead with mental illness and make it like my thing, like a positive thing, like make my superpower. Like, oh yeah, how many, one out of four people live with a mental illness. Like I could be that artist who makes those people feel more safe and seen. So 
I leaned into that. At first, it was very like casual. I didn't know how to speak openly. I didn't know how to speak eloquently about it. And then over time and training and practice, I think I've just gotten better and better. And um, first starting to work with NAMI, and then I started working with other nonprofits like American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and One Mind. And as I started collaborating with more nonprofits, I kind of I don't want to say I like the nonprofit world because I actually I don't, I don't like it. Uh, to be honest, like <laughs> yeah. I don't like the fundraising and having yeah. to like you know beg for sponsorship. Right. The like, model is yeah. Not I don't like bad. the model, yeah. but I do like that it's non for profit. And yeah. I do like that it's about giving back and about a totally. cause. Yep. So I like like what it stands for. Yep. I just don't like the inner workings of how to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I don't know if I would do it forever. Right. Um, but I'm really enjoying it for now, and I think I wouldn't have fallen into nonprofits. If it wasn't for a mentor and friend who's on the board, Moti, he was like, you should start a nonprofit because it started off with Wisdom Mania Fest, the Mm -hmm. festival. And he's like, start a nonprofit. I think that will be a great way to position this. And then we started by doing songwriting for wellness, which is a workshop that incorporates reflection, meditation, breath work, songwriting, performance, and mental health resources. Then it evolved into custom wellness and arts events, which we're currently curating for Dee Dee Hirsch and Amazon Music. Mm-hmm. And then Wizard Mania Fest was happening co-currently. I think that's a word. Um, it is now. <laughs> I don't and, know. Um, it so, serves a purpose. Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess to go back to like how it happened, it was like mental illness crept into my life after like I. It wasn't the first time it was in my life. It just came in a much more serious. Um, life-altering way and I decided I can run with this and like make this something I'm proud of or I can shy away and give up on everything and I chose the the former. It's truly such an inspiring story and it's amazing hearing you retell it like that like so succinctly and so eloquently. Maybe you've had to do that like a bunch of times before I wouldn't be surprised but um, you know there is so there's so much in every single thing that happened there. And I know that there is so many emotions that drove all of those choices and all of those actions and all of those moments um, in turning pain into power, which is such a awesome phrase that did you, is that like, did you come up with that? I don't think I invented that. Okay. I came up with the saying, but then I Googled and like, I'm not the first to say okay. it, you know, and I would never claim like, right, that's right. mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's definitely my motto. Yeah. And I hope lots of people adopt that motto. Yeah. It's no one's to own. Definitely. I'm just wondering, like, cause it, it seems like it would, I, I'm assuming, you know, based off, I guess my own experiences, but um, it seems like what a what a hard thing to change your whole reality you know based off of like perspective shift like there's so much integration involved in that moment of like okay i'm gonna turn my pain into power but then you actually like have to do it you know what i mean so i guess i just i'm curious how that experience was for you in the beginnings of like getting into that place because from what I'm hearing, like you're in such a strong, powerful, amazing position now and you've accomplished so much. Thank you. And I guess I want to know to maybe inspire the person that is where you were in 2016. Like, how do you start even getting out of that? Plans. Make a plan. Everything comes down to a plan and then you have to execute the plan. Yeah. So I'd say get make a vision board, get your journal out, write down 
ultimate goal. What is that? You know, is, is it creating an album? Is it um, inspiring, creating an inspiring TED talk? Like whatever it is, your ultimate goal. And then break down like, how do I get there? And, and then think of who can help me get there mm-hmm. and start reaching out to those people and then make yourself like goals for every month of like the steps you need to take. And then every day carve out 20 minutes or more if you have it to like work on that thing to figure out that month. And just like give yourself enough time to achieve your goal. Don't expect fast results. Mm-hmm. But know what it is and start thinking about how you can get there. Find other people who are where you want to be and ask them how they got there. Mm -hmm. Um, Offer to take them for coffee, you know, and pick their brain. Um, Be an intern for someone who is where you want to be and learn right from them. Mm -hmm. So I think at the end of the day, motivation, direction, stick-to-itiveness, and community are all the things that will help you get there. Yeah, that's a really solid, I'm just like visioning like, a toolbox, you know, like XRE's self-care motivation toolkit, you know, here you go. Um, Is that something, well, I guess uh, related to that, what tools or like offerings or like ways of support do you give to people through Wisdomania? Like what are, what are the offerings? What are, what's, what is there for people to benefit from? So let's start with Wisdomania first. Great. That is an immersive mental health and arts festival. This year, it's on May 21st, a self-care Sunday at the Lodge Which is room. next to your birthday, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and your birthday is right around... The it's s- a month earlier. Okay, all right. Cool. <laughs> yeah, like, I had a feeling. I vividly right. remember that you were born in May and that you're a Taurus. Yeah, It just really stuck so with me. So you're an Aries? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, cool. So it's uh, six days after my birthday this year. My birthday gotcha. is May 15th. So it's on May 21st at the Lodge Room in Highland Park. Beautiful 500-person capacity venue. We have live music, comedy, mental health interviews between each performance, a mental health panel, and all of that's the evening ticket for only 25 bucks, and that comes with three free months of therapy with BetterHelp, which we're super excited about that partnership. And then the daytime, the programming is totally free, and we just want people to have no financial barrier to getting help and building community. So our free daytime program is yoga, dance, a sound bath, and songwriting for wellness, where everyone in the room in the songwriting workshop will write a song that will be recorded and released. Wow. That's that's such a beautiful gift. Yeah. Yeah. So if you've ever written a song or you've never written a song, you can come and be a co-writer. And it doesn't matter if you say one lyric, 10 lyrics, whatever, you are a songwriter in that room. If you've been registered with a PRO or not, we help you do that. The song will be released on all digital streaming platforms. You'll see your name credited as a songwriter. So we're super stoked about that. I think that's like one of our niches. Yeah. So that's Wisdomania Fest. Yeah. And then our custom wellness and arts events range from everything from, um, you can see some, for example, we did a workshop, we did yoga, we did a sound bath, we did songwriting for wellness, we did vocal toning and journaling. Mm For upcoming events, we have a paint workshop, sound bath yoga. For another one, we have a drumming workshop. So on our website, wisdomaniafoundation.com, we have our offering section. And under custom wellness and arts events, you'll see a menu, we call it, of wellness and creativity um, activations that we can customize and bring to you. Very cool. And then song ready for wellness, which I explained a little earlier, a socio-emotional workshop that combines grounding techniques and creativity so it's all 
in-person or vir- virtual, I guess, too, events, workshops. Yes. Experiential. Very experiential. Yeah. And resources. At Wisdomania, yeah. you'll find a bunch of um, mental health organizations cool. in the booths and um, offering resources. And also in our workshops, especially Songwriting for Wellness, we like to bring up our resource page and go through mm-hmm. some resources at the end. Well, it's really cool because, you know, in this metaphor, is it a toolbox, you know, for your mental health? It's like, if you go to Wisdom Mania Fest, everything that you can add to your toolbox is there. So you can try out all these different things and be like, yoga, I like that. I'm going to do that more. Like now you've added it to your toolbox or like um, sound baths. Like, wow, that made me feel really good. I'm going to like get into that. So you have everything that you can kind of like try out for people to integrate into their like everyday wellness. For sure. It's like a little tapas tasting menu. Yes. Self-care tapas. (laughs) (laughs) That's so rad. Except they're full length workshops. So you're not even just getting a taster. You're getting a full thing. Right. And today that we're recording this is a special day because you announced it for the first time. Yes. We shared the flyer. Very excited. We're sponsored by One Mind and Amazon Music. Might have some other sponsors that we're very excited about. Um, also, our headliners to be announced. So mm-hmm. we should be able to announce, I'm not going to say their pronouns, okay. but announce this person yeah. um, in March. So very excited about that. Okay. Awesome. Um, really exciting if you're listening to this. I'm not 100% sure when this is going to drop, but go check out. They have You have a Wisdomania page in addition to your XRA page, correct? Yeah, so our handle for TikTok and IG is Wisdomania Foundation. That's spelled W-I-S-D-O-M-A-N-I-A Foundation. Um, and uh, what else is I going to say? If you want tickets, you can go to tinyurl.com slash WMF 2023. Okay. Amazing. Thank you for that. What I definitely want to talk about um, is in the past few, because we've done other like interviews and panels together in the past that are typically around the intersection of mental health and being a member of the LGBTQ community. Um, so I now turning the tables, want to hear more about, I'm going to be the interview person about your experiences with that. I know that you have gone through so much self exploration and healing and realizations, um, since you are coming out and I guess to try kind of like kick it off, find a starting point is like, what is maybe a recent like connection or realization that you have made about how your experience in coming out has affected your mental health or in, in you know previously not coming out how that has affected your mental health presently so interesting because like in one way I want to say I, I don't even feel like I came out. I feel like I became out. Right. Because, like, there was no before where I was, like, hiding anything. I just right. didn't know. Right. Even though, like, so many of my friends were like, I knew that. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't know that. Right. So if it wasn't for my spirit guides telling me to date women, I don't know if I ever would have. Yeah. Um, but I think I just felt, like, immediately proud to be, like, yeah. part of the LGBTQ plus community. That's awesome. Because, like, I've always felt at home at, like, pride events and around gay friends. Like, so many best friends growing up were gay. And I always just, like, felt 
connected with them. Yeah. And I just thought that's because they're cool, fun people and not because like I'm part of that community too. Yeah. And now you're like, I get to be one of those cool, fun people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I just felt like proud and excited to like tell everybody. Yeah. And I just like, there was literally no shame, just like curiosity. When I started dating my girlfriend, I felt like a teenager again, just like going through Teenage the bases, like not knowing what to do, <laughs> yeah. like doing research, watching videos. Yeah. How to kiss girls. <laughs> How to do other things. Yeah. Right. Um, so I just felt like it was just like really inquisitive, mm-hmm. curious, exciting, like empowering. And then I also feel like getting in a relationship with my girlfriend also, like, quitting weed and becoming more sober. Mm-hmm. Although, like I said, I do once in a while. But, right. like, I used to be a heavy stoner. Right. So, like, being more clear-headed and being in a relationship and um, getting to a place of, like, stability. Mm-hmm. I feel like everything in my life just aligned. And, like, it mm-hmm. feels somewhat connected with, like, girlfriend partnership being queer. Yeah. But, like, everything just, like, I became more authentic. I thought yeah. I was authentic already. Like, I, right. I didn't feel inauthentic. Yes. But all of a sudden, I felt more authentic yes. to myself. And then everything just kind of like fell into place. Yeah, I I totally hear what you're saying. Is my greatest value is authenticity. With pal, with pal, the the A in pal, authenticity because I think it's like the coolest part of like being a human and like being given this life as like me or you being given this life as you is like I get to figure out who this is, you know, like layer by layer and I feel like I've always been like an authentic person. Like I was very true to myself at like a young age, I think because I grew up in like a small town that didn't have a lot of external influence or pressure. So I very much just was who I was, like nurture versus nature kind of vibe. But as you go through life and you have more experiences and especially like becoming out, being such a huge huge like energetic like shift or like alignment to who you are and like you you said that idea of clarity that comes from that it's like when you are authentic and when you align to that in major ways everything clicks and everything comes together and you really tie tie some connect some dots that you didn't understand what the connection was before that all kind of falls into place so such a such a beautiful experience you know in for me being queer and it sounds like it has been for you as well and I know that we've talked about before it's like that's not always the case for people you know and that that's really hard but I think it's really inspiring to talk about queer joy totally and I feel like slightly guilty because I know and like not really guilty might be a heavy word but just like slightly maybe I should say privilege is a word I feel privileged because other people I knew growing up who were overtly gay because they were flamboyant or for whatever reason um, in school were teased and bullied and I'm still friends with some of these people that I love and adore and they went through traumatic hell and I did not have to suffer any of that. And so I almost feel like I escaped something that a lot of queer people had Mm -hmm. to face. Also very privileged that my family is very welcoming and loving and accepting I know that's not all families Mm -hmm. so I just feel like I'm like a very lucky person to be in the LGBTQ plus community and like I don't take that for granted 100% and also to celebrate a big gay win that you have had in your life not just falling in love you know with your amazing girlfriend but specifically getting one of your songs placed on the L word (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was so funny because it's the first song. You were that, like, what is she going to say? <laughs> yeah, so uh, She Knows It, the song that got on the L word, is the first release from my EP called Anya, which is my girlfriend's name, right. dedicated to her. So it's a very queer EP. And so it was very fitting. I was very excited that she knows it got on Alward because it's one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. So I'm like obsessed with that show. Yeah. So, and to get on the last episode too. It was on the last episode? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hope that the next season takes another one. Yeah. <laughs> so well, tell people um, who are listening what episode or like what what's the scene? Like how can they look out for it? So it's season three, episode 10. When Shane and Tess, is it Tess? Uh-huh, yeah. Um, they're talking and she's like, you know, you you clean up good. And then like all of a sudden she sees the cocaine guy. Uh-huh. And like looks and, and he like starts talking to her and she's like, you're my kind of guy. Yeah. And like it, and it plays for like a minute. Right. So I was like, I know. Guy. I remember seeing it from your story. Because most placements I hear on TV are like 15 seconds. Right. So when I heard a minute long, I was like, that's rad. That is so sick. And when you got that placement... Did you pitch for that scene or did it just kind of happen? Like, what was that moment? So my sync agent, I have a few sync agencies I work with. This one is Glow Music Group. Mm-hmm. They um, have a, like the on EP and she just like emailed me, congrats, your song's going to be on episode <laughs> 10 of season three. So that's all yeah. I, I find. So do you had you, a good sync agent. Yeah. And she's yeah. Like, do you approve of this rate? And yeah. all I say is, of course. And yeah. That's it. So I don't know what scene it's going to be in. I don't know how long they're right. going to use it. I just know the episode. Yeah. Oh, that is so fun. And I saw an Instagram post from you and I wanted to hear more about it that you recently got your sound healing certification yes yeah I wanted to hear about that they should be arriving tomorrow actually I just okay. ordered uh, crystal chakra bowls amazing so um I've always since I found sound bath healing maybe it was like three years ago mm-hmm. I've always thought it was so fascinating and really enjoy them like I could listen to a sound bath for an hour like and have no problem just laying there yeah so I thought you know I'm a musician I should be a natural at sound baths yeah and I can incorporate my voice kind of like uh, Janae Aiko does mm-hmm. but in my own way right um, and so I thought for Wisdom Mania we're hiring people all the time to do sound baths why don't I just be one of the sound bath providers it's yeah. one of the modalities I'm attracted to. I'm also trained in Reiki. Yes. I also see myself getting trained in like life coaching and um, doing like further levels of Reiki. And I just, I want to become like over time a well-refined healing type person. Healer. You're a healer. Yeah. So (laughs) over a year, the years to come, like I want to, at some point I might like give up the nonprofit world and become like, come over, let's do some Reiki. Let's do it. Let's do some meditation. Let's do breath work. Right. I just want to train in everything I'm fascinated by. So sound bath healing was one of those things. Yeah. It's just, a, it, it's kind of full circle, you know, and talking about at the very beginning of this conversation about feeling really good that you have all of these, uh, what was the metaphor? Sp- plates spinning, gardens growing, and can, for the future, you have that as well. It's like, that's kind of a maybe like a pattern like in your life is like you are just this like multi-talented person with a wide variety of interests and can't be limited in just doing you know one of them or two of them you really have to sounds like just follow what your your dream is in the moment and that's always changing and that's always evolving oh so true like 
I spent my New Year's Day auditioning with one of my best friends for a figure skating production. Like, and we could have, if we got in, we would have been like on ice a couple days a week doing figure skating production. Wild. So like, it's really like, but it didn't work out. Right. We didn't make the cut. <laughs> but uh, I'm so proud that I tried. Yeah. But um, it's just kind of like, yeah, what are your interests? Go for them shamelessly. Keep right. going, keep going. And whatever aligns, run with. Because right. when it aligns, it's real. Right. And I, I think it's so important for people to hear that because, like I said at the beginning, like people feel limited. They feel like they have to commit to like one thing and they have to become like an expert at that. But what you're an expert at is being XRE, being a healer. And there's so many things that are a part of that. Your long list <laughs> that you announced at the very beginning is like that's what your purpose is and there's a million different ways that you get to explore that for the rest of your life and i think it's it's good to be diverse and have multiple interests but as long as we're always carving out time for self-care and balance mm -hmm. like i'm sure anybody listening to like the titles i listed of what i do every day i'm still taking down time to go on walks right. to do my yoga to eat healthy to spend time with friends and family to netflix binge and whatever yeah. and like I'm not like every day I'm not like stressing myself out because I'm working on multiple things I'm just making more reasonable expectations and letting things kind of move at a proper pace mm -hmm. you know if I for example just focus on music maybe things would happen faster but I acknowledge certain things will move slower because I am right. spreading myself a little bit right. and there's something to say like there's not one way to be I think if you want to make it in anything it's better not to have all your eggs in one basket but also if you want to make it at one thing have your eggs all in that basket right so it's like what works for you yeah and that that's why I asked the question in these podcast interviews and just to people at events, people that I meet, people, coaching clients, it's like, who are you? What do you do? And why do you do it? And if you're clear on the why you do it, it allows the other parts to like change and fluctuate because like kind of the why, like that's where the purpose is. That's where the intention is. And for me, for me, I really feel like that's the most important part of it. Like as long as you're purposeful, you'll be successful in whatever it is that you do. And if you just want to win a Grammy and there's no bigger purpose than that, that is going to be so fleeting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because if you do win the Grammy, which is amazing, mm -hmm. it's like what you're celebrating for that month. And then what's next? Where's my next Grammy? Where's yeah. my next hit? Where's my next top yeah. 40? Where's my next big collab? Where's my next big tour? So if we don't celebrate the little wins along the way, it's just yeah. fleeting moments, like you yeah. said. And it's like, why, why do you want to win the Grammy? Yeah, you know? what's your purpose? Are you going to use that fame and power to help other people? And I think my therapist has told me that the same thing as you just said, like, go back to the why. Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? And remind yourself that. And if you lose sight of the why, then it's like change direction. Yes. So if it doesn't connect anymore, don't be afraid to quit For and sure. say, hey, this no longer suits my higher purpose. And I'm yeah. shifting into X, Y, Z because there's a why there yeah. that gives me a reason to wake up every day. Yeah. And that's the beautiful part about the human experience is just finding what that meaning and purpose is and knowing that it's yours and it's going to be different than everybody else's. And I've seen so many people lose sight of hope because they feel like there's no meaning in life because no one's telling them this is the meaning. And there, there is no way to be given that answer. The answers are always inside of you. And that's what life is about to explore those for yourself for sure and i think meaning can adapt over the years yeah. and stages you're in like for example 
Meaning when you're a grandparent, it might be quality time with your grandkids and like right. not about cer- certain goals. It might be about volunteering at charity events or, you know, um, just like building relationships with your family. Yeah. You know, meaning it comes in all shapes and forms and like it transmutes. And so I think it's also important to have like a healthy level of detachment from our meaning too, mm-hmm. to give it the space to shift as yeah. we grow. Yeah, definitely. So I know turn pain into power is like your motto that's something that's unchangeable right like that is just like that will no matter remain like i will never say no right (laughs) that's definitely like a fixed right perspective yeah you can have meaning and meanings in addition to that right like just because like same for me like with pal it's like yeah i made this company because my greatest values you know to some extent are positivity authenticity and love but other in other moments and other times I value other things you know what I mean like but I don't go changing the name and the acronym of pal to like you know whatever else I'm valuing like in that moment um but that being said um just curious what you feel like in this moment what is your meaning giving back Mm -hmm. I think like always that's like always what I go back to is like how is this giving back how is this helping other people um, being useful in a sense to like society? Beautiful. All right. Well, is there anything else that you want to talk about that you want um, to cover that you want to clarify any add ons to what we've talked about today? I feel like we covered a lot of ground. I a really lot of enjoyed this conversation. There's nothing yeah. I want to say other than thanks for having me and for yeah. what you do and for being you. Yeah. Thank you for being you. We're all, we're all very lucky to have you. Um, so how about you? We already talked about, you know, the, the Wisdomania page on Instagram, but how can people follow you on Instagram or where can they listen to your music? Where can they catch up with all of your things? So you can find me on all streaming platforms under XRE. That's spelled X dot space A-R-I. And I'd say like on Spotify right now, everything listed on like suggested songs are uh, from a video game that I'm part of. So it's I not figured, like- I figured that out by yeah, listening it's like a, a Chinese video game. So it's not like my prize and jo- pride and You're like authentic, music. yeah. But of course I love it and yeah. I'm grateful to be like a character yeah, yeah, yeah. in a video game. But, um, different part of who you are yeah that's yeah. a side project i'd say if you want to actually get to know the real xre go to any of my eps the last one's called pain into power that came out in october i'll be dropping a single in i think may with a music video and a single collab with my rapper friend devmo and then um some singles in pride month and an ep i haven't decided if it's going to come out in june or july and i don't know what the name's called but i made a playlist of the songs and i called it songs for dances for dances (laughs) (laughs) should that just be the title of the ep maybe yeah i don't know i I feel like this ep how do you how how did you spell that just just songs for dancers i'm just oh okay i thought it was like f u h no, for dances. No, 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 the songs for dancers. Because the CP is just like way more fun and lighthearted. Like, 
I, I set out, like, the title that I created for this EP was Neuroplastic. Mm, okay? And I thought, sick. what a creative title. Very, I yeah. want to, like, write a mental health EP. Totally. And then as I wrote it, I was like, no, I'm not <laughs> writing. So the titles of the song are, like, Pendulum, Broken Telephone, Punching Bag. So all these, like, inanimate objects yeah, that I'm turning songs into. But yeah. it's, like, it's not to say there's no depth. <laughs> it's just not, like, a deep dive into my psyche like yeah. I thought it would be. Right. And I decided to allow that. Like, yeah, I don't, just because I advocate for mental health doesn't mean every song needs to be a critical mental illness song totally so i'm having more fun that's great and i'm super excited to have a show with dancers and dancers um, like a full out um, production um at wisdom mania fest so if you're in la come out see me play see a bunch of other artists perform check out my music do some self-care treat yourself the daytime's free like we said earlier evening tickets come with three months of free therapy with better help that's an incredible offer really proud of that partnership so that's all I have to say. Great. And if anyone wants to reach out about mental health or you're looking for resources, go to wisdommaniafoundation.com or xreofficial.com. I have a list of resources on my page. And I'm always here. Like uh, Even if we're strangers, you can reach out if you just want to um, talk candidly about mental health. I'm always down. I'm not going to necessarily reply back within an hour, <laughs> but I will get back to you and we can always have a conversation about mental health. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, XRA. We are so grateful for you and good luck with Wisdom Mania Fest. We will see you all there on May 21st. Um, get your tickets and take care of yourselves. All right. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace out. I come and peace out. <laughs> And that's our episode for today. I hope you got some valuable wisdom from that conversation because she clearly definitely had a lot to share. So I hope it is supportive for you continuing on your creative path, wherever you may be on that path. I hope to see you at Wisdom Mania Fest on the 21st. And maybe also I will see you at our monthly PAL workdays at Village Well Books and Coffee in Culver City, which we are hosting on the first Wednesday of every month. That is a thing that has been happening for the past few months. And they are truly so much fun and so sweet. Everyone who comes is so supportive and genuine and just trying to meet other creative people and talk about what they're working on and it is a really great vibe. People have made friends and partnerships and just simply gotten things done because it's a place where you can be held accountable to do the things that are very hard to get yourself to do when you are alone in your house or wherever you may be working on your projects. In the meantime of our next episode, which I think is going to be very creative and cool, I'm planning something special for that for next month. Um, but in the meantime, you can check out what I've got going on on YouTube, making new videos, videos and talking about creative growth and personal development and all the things that we talk about on this podcast. And it is just under my name, Hannah Bowers, but I will put a link in the show notes to that as well. As always, if you have any questions or comments or things that you want to share or see from me in the PAL community, you can always hit me up on Instagram at the PAL community or at the Hannah Bowers. I will be on either one of those accounts. So until next time, my friends, enjoy the rest of your day. Take care of yourselves. Peace out. Every day, every day.